Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Yeah, kia ora. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. For everything harness racing, go to hrnz.co.nz. Greg O'Connor with you for the next hour. We have an action-packed show for you, too. We race at Ashburton on the speed circuit down there this afternoon. Looking forward to previewing that with Richard Bromley, who does the secretarial work for them. First race is 10 past 12, so as soon as this show's finished, we'll be straight into it. They have a 10-race program there, a lot of interest around race number two, which is for the two-year-old trotters. Freya, beautifully bred, trained by Greg and Nina Hope. Son Ben will do the driving there. And Cracker Looker, who's been well-backed uh, early by the punters, 4.20 into 3.30. Another with plenty of breeding and talent. Uh, before we get to that, though, a couple of big races out of Menangle last night, uh, including the biggest of them all, the richest harness race in the world, the $2.1 million Eureka. They also had the Len Smith Mile there last night. Back to Ashburton to talk to Katie Cox, who's got a big team in there today. John Dunn, who has a full book of drives. And Blair Orange is back from the World Drivers' Championship. He drives at Ashburton today, too. So we'll have a chat to him about both of those. And then Stephen Boyd, to wrap it up, who upset them with a newcomer to his barn in the third race at Addington on Friday night, McAndrew Aviator. But the biggest of them all this week was the new race, the Eureka, for $2.1 million. Here's how it unfolded for catch driver Luke McCarthy. It's Catch a Wave, the leader, ahead in front of Leap to Fame, getting out after it. On the inside, Captain Ravishing, all dressed up, nowhere to go. And then came the Lost Storm. Ed Cypher's putting in a claim. The mare, she's coming quickly as Leap to Fame quickly goes to Catch a Wave. Here comes the mare. In Cypher down the outside. The mighty mare's out after Leap to Fame. And Cypher goes up, puts the nose in front, comes away. A famous victory. And Cypher beats Leap to Fame. Third Captain Ravishing, fourth home in the race. Getting home late was magician a good run. And then came speed. So the only mare in the race, the last horse to get a spot in Cypher, trained by Emma Stewart and her partner Clayton Tonkin, and driven by Luke McCarthy. A brilliant performance, $26 was her price. The time smashing the clock for the 2,400-metre distance, 151.8 she rated to beat the superstar, Leap to Fame, who lost no admirers. He had to sit parked throughout, and he was very brave in second. And a somewhat luckless Captain Ravishing, who was starved of room at a crucial time in the run home. Not saying he would have won it, but he might have got a bit closer. Greg Sugar's doing the driving there for Armoured Tabor. We're just trying to get hold of Luke McCarthy and not having a whole lot of fun in doing that at the moment, but a brilliant performance from her uh, a gutsy play for the syndicate to uh, grab her at the last horse to get in. They had Cobber originally, but he had to pull out uh, with an injury, and uh, this was the last horse into the field and the only mare in the race. She got a beautiful run three back on the outside. And Luke McCarthy, who's basically done everything you could possibly do in harness racing, including being a three-time winner of the Miracle Mile with the mighty King of Swing, got the job done. So uh, an excellent performance from her. She charged home to beat a brave leap to fame, uh, Captain Ravishing, and Magician, who went a great race in third. While we try and get hold of Luke, we might take in 
the other big race on the night, which was the Len Smith Mile, and a horse we know well here in New Zealand, and he might be coming back for the race by Grins. His name, Rock and Roll Do. And the leader is Spirit of St. Louis, two metres clear. Second at the moment, Rock and Roll Do. Mac Dan Sweats on a run. Narano peeled out three deep, four deep was South Coast Arden, 28 to the quarter. Spirit of St. Louis, the leader. Back to the inside, Mac Dan. Narano winds up. Rock and Roll Do still giving something. Rock and Roll Do in the middle out after Spirit of St. Louis. Spirit of St. Louis and Rock and Roll Do in a salt stirring struggle. Rock and Roll Do put the nose in front. Rock and Roll Do. Rock and Roll Do's tipped out. Spirit of St. Louis, Narano, a big run third. They were followed by a wall of horses. So another group one placing. I think that's seven or eight for Spirit of St. Louis getting beaten on the line by Rock and Roll Do, the horse they call Hendo, who came across for our New Zealand Cup Carnival. He didn't have a lot of luck uh, during that, missing away in the Ashburton flying stakes and then, of course, the Cup as well. Uh, so he has bounced back and big time. But speaking with Michael Stanley, he's very, very keen to get here uh, for the race by Grins. Uh, he'll go to the Victoria Cup now and then the Inter-Dominion, but he wants to have a, a shot at our biggest race as we try and get hold of Luke McCarthy. Still not having any luck in that regard. So rock and roll do. Successful in the Len Smith Mile last night. He went 151.1. Sat Park doing it. Got the better of a Spirit of St. Louis. Uh, or Lewis, whichever way you want to go. Ex-Kiwi Narano was third, and MacDan was ahead of Better Eclipse. So they were the two features there. Unfortunately, at Melton last night, Kango, who's on a Victoria Cup path, was trying to uh, kick his career off. Speaking to Arna Donnelly, unfortunately, when they were trying to load him on the float, and anyone who knows Kango knows how big he is, he wouldn't load the float uh, roof, she said, was just a little bit low. And because he's so tall, um, he did not want to go on there at all. And uh, they, well, they couldn't get him to the track. So he was unable to take his place at Melton last night. She is hopeful they won't uh, stand him down, which would mean he wouldn't be able to race this Friday night. So he's down to race this Friday night in what will be a crucial race for him because... He needs to get his uh, campaign underway. Chris Alford was down to drive him, and one would imagine he will be sticking with him. No joy there from uh, Luke McCarthy, which he's just told me to try now. So we'll have one more go, and uh, standing by we'll have Richard Bromley. So we'll have one more go to uh, get Luke McCarthy and have a chat to him about last night's enormous performance by the Mayor in Cypher. And uh, if we can try and get Luke, we'll talk to him about the biggest race to have been won, uh, and, and run rather, in Australasia. In fact, the world, $2.1 million for last night's Eureka. Hopefully Luke will pick up and we can uh, talk to him about another big race win for him out of Menangle last night. I suppose it's live radio. That's what you have sometimes. Luke's joined us, though. Uh, good morning to you, Luke. Thanks so much for your time, and congratulations on taking out the inaugural Eureka. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and good morning, Greg. A brilliant performance by this mayor, a mayor you hadn't sat behind before. When did you get the drive? Because, as I understand it, she was 
the last to get into the field, but anything trained by Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin, who you have driven for before, uh, would give you confidence regardless of the quality of the opposition. Oh, definitely, Greg. It's um, yeah, they do such a good job with all, all their horses, and yeah, yeah, it's pr- pretty much you know you can only drive her off her current form, and she come out one and three for all in Melbourne her last start, you know, and then half an hour before her race, you know, you see Rock and Roll do come out when Len Smith Mile, who she beat, so you know, off that form, it give you a lot of confidence going into the race that you, you she'd be right up there with the top ones. And from her beautiful draw, given that she wasn't one of the favourites for the race, you were able to stalk them and probably went a little bit unnoticed. Is is that how you saw it? Yeah, I, look, I think, you know, and all the hype around Leap to Fame and Catch a Wave, which is fully deserved, like, you know, what Leap to Fame's done in the last six months and with Catch a Wave's Miracle Mile Chariots form like that, they're obviously the you know, the two sort of pin-up boys of Australian harness racing, so, and they deserve that. But, look, she's just a good mare, and we got the right the right run on the night, and and full credit to her for getting over the top of them. All right, you were three back on the outside, and, and Grant Dixon had moved nice and early to the park position outside, catch a wave. Coming off the back, and when they're going that speed, um, tell me about how she was feeling and at what point, because she sprinted very quickly from about the 250 to the 150, did you think, I can catch Leap to Fame here? Yeah, you're, you're still never sure to, you know, you're all well halfway into the straight, but at the 1,000, I give her a bit of a, you know, a little chirp up to make sure she was ready to go when they when they did step on the gas at the half there. and Yeah, and she had just travelled so well, travelled good around the corner and, you know, didn't know how the lost storm was going. He looked to be just starting to get under pressure from the birdcage. And, yeah, just sort of hoping that if we pulled her out, she'd, you know, she'd sprint like you'd hope she would, and she did. And, yeah, she went super. Luke, where does it sit? You've won every big race that you can multiple times in Australia, but this was history-making, the richest harness race in the world, run at your home track. You didn't have any of the pressures of training a horse uh, going into it, but where does this sit in the Luke McCarthy CV? Oh, look, it's got to be right up there, Greg. It's, um, I, I don't really know yet. I, you know, it's a different feeling to when, you know, you've been there part, part with part of the training and, you know, particularly like King of Swing, them last three Miracle Miles, you know, a lot the build up and the pressure and the, you know, to be there to make sure you perform for the owners is so important. But um, you know, when you just can walk up and jump on the sulky and you know, it's a you know ten minute job, it's and no pressure being thirty to one. Well, it's a complete different feeling, but um, a really good one. And you know, I'm sure in years to come, once this race builds and builds. Yeah, it will mean a lot that, yeah, we're lucky enough to win the first one. Luke, it looked to be a great crowd there, and I know they did a huge amount of promotion to ensure that that happened. Um, how do you think this Eureka race has been received, and will it only build in momentum, in your opinion? Oh, for sure. It's, they've done a really good job. It's the biggest crowd, you know, well, that sort of atmosphere that I've driven at at Menangle in all the years I've been driving there. So, you know, they've done such a good job promoting promoting the race and, and everything around it. So, um, 
you know, it'll continue to get hype. And look, money money talks, and you know, the money's there. So that's what makes makes these big races so important. Hey, Luke, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat to us this morning. I'm sure you've had that many well wishes, mate. You probably haven't opened half the messages, but uh, you enjoy today. Uh, congratulations on taking out the inaugural Eureka, and uh, we appreciate your time here on Trot's Talk this morning. Too easy. Thanks, Greg. That's Luke McCarthy, champion rainsman, champion horseman, and now the inaugural winner of the Eureka, the $2.1 million race there at Manangle last night. We appreciate his time this morning as we do our next guest, who's waited patiently, Richard Bromley. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Gregory. How's things? Look, we go from a $2.1 million race, which I'm sure you would have taken in, being a harness racing fan last night, to, well, it's still an important race day out of Ashburton today, kicking things off for the spring down there. Tell us what we can expect weather-wise, and in a moment I'll try and find a couple of winners out of you. The cool at the moment here, Greg, is about uh, 10, 12 degrees, a bit of cloud cover, but the forecast does suggest that the cloud will be breaking off in the early parts of the afternoon, so we should warm into a nice day around 15 and 16, so it would be quite pleasant for a, a 10 race card here for spring racing here at Ashburton. All right, we'll build very quickly into your biggest day, Labor Day Monday, the flying stakes, the flying mile. There's a whole lot of other features on that day, which is fantastic. But can you help us out uh, today with the Ashburton meeting and what race you're most looking forward to? Uh, the Phillies and Mears race is an interesting race, I agree. There's a couple of nice horses there. One from, of course, the Steve Dolan barn first up, Just Follow Me, and, of course, Robert and Jenna Dunn have got a nice individual and always be you. But I do like the chances of Okiwi Bay, uh, fresh up the season for Brad Mowbray. It, it trialled up very nicely a fortnight to go. It's around $12 for the win and $3 for the place. So each way there, I re- re- reckon Okiwi Bay from Barry number three can run a cheeky race in the Phillies and Mears race in race number three. All right, I'm looking forward to the second on the program, Freya, who's beautifully bred, trained by the Hopes, to be driven by Ben, out of the earth move, trialled really nicely, and Cracker Looker, who's trained by Brad Williamson, the first uh, foal out of Alderbeck, who was a pretty handy sort of mare, so looking forward to that one. Have you got one other on the program for us there, Richard, that we could have uh, a specking on on Father's Day? Absolutely. Race number four, another trial horse. This horse has been to the trials the last couple of months and has been very, very good. It's in race number four. It's horse number 10, uh, Dean James, because well related to James Dean, where Leo O'Reilly trained. He trained this one as well. It's got an awkward draw of second uh, barrier number one on the second row. Could be in its benefit or could not, but it's well worth following. But it's been very good at the trials as of late, around five and two. I think it'll be very, very hard to beat in race number four. If it doesn't win today, it'll be winning at short notice. So definitely put that in your black book. Dean James in race number four, horse 10. All right, Richard, you do the secretarial work for there. We're building towards our first grass track meeting, uh, which will be Meffin, and then we'll be into Modicarara as well. So um, I'm picking that your uh, workload's about to amp up just slightly. Been quite the last couple of months, but as you just say, it's about to rev on up. I see the trials at Methven yesterday. They had 60-odd out there yesterday, so the first grass track meeting does kick off in the Canterbury region next week, and a fortnight after that, we're off to Mott, so it's starting to get a little busy, but um, spring racing, you just got to love it. Yep, you certainly do. Hey, appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the program there today, mate. Thanks, Greg. 
All right, that's Richard Bromley, who's uh, working there at Ashburton uh, today. Looking forward to their 10 race program. Gets underway at 10 past 12. Time for a quick break on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. Go to hrnz.co.nz for all of your form, for all of uh, your videos, and uh, plenty of tips on there as well. On the other side, we'll catch up with a couple of key participants there today in Katie Cox and John Dunn. I'm a sovereign man. I got the south in my blood, and I'm gonna be here till I'm dead well dead. Yes, it is the Southern Man or the Southern People segment that we have each and every Sunday here on Trot's Talk. And we're kindly joined by Katie Cox, who's got a busy day ahead of her. Basically, her racing team is fronting up at Ashburton today. Morning to you, Katie. Hi, you great? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm sure you're rather busy because you're fronting up with a rather large number for your uh, team lining up there at Ashburton today. Yeah, yep. No, that's right. There's a few of them lined up in the early races. Yep, that'll keep you busy enough so we won't hold you too long. Let's get into the first of them, which is a first starter, Lottie's Moment. The name would suggest that there's a bit of breeding about this one and having a look at its trial recently, that's certainly uh, being taken to the track as well. Uh, looks like she's inherited some of the family ability. Yeah, yeah, well, she's been she's been really good at the workouts and the trials. You know, every time she's just got a little bit better and a little bit more relaxed. Um, yeah, like we all know, two-year-old trotters have got to do everything right. But, yeah, I feel like she has had quite a good grounding at the trials and workouts, and she seems to have quite a good turn of speed too. So, yeah, but there's, there's a few other nice ones in that, that race too. But, yeah. What are you hoping for today, Katie? What would be a pass mark in your opinion? And if she goes like you think she might, is she a winning chance? Um, if she does everything right, you know, what, what she's showing will... She, she, yeah, she, she could be a winning chance, but, I mean, if she does everything right, I'm sure she'll be finding the line well, you know. That's probably the key. There's another couple in there that have also looked, um, Greg Hope's one and Tom Bagley's, they've also looked pretty good at the trials, you know, as have others in there. But, um, no, I think she'd be in with the show, doing everything right. Oh. All right, looking forward to seeing her, and we know with that breed, they only get better uh, with a bit of time. Let's go to the next of your charges, C. Cracker, who's placed in two of its three runs thus far, but the one disappointing uh, effort was, of course, at this venue at Ashburton. Just didn't want to be a racehorse that day. No, probably just the, oh, the first time she's ever had a gallop in a hobble, just as she was getting up on the arm, and she did just panic that day, you know, like I say, it was put out of character for her, and she was good the next start, she's quite sensible, and um, no, she found the line really well last time, under under a bit of a hold still, probably if she'd got out earlier, she would have finished closer, you know, drawn wide, but um, yeah, if if she can get a get a good trip from there, you know, and have one shot at them, she is quite fast. Yep, she's by down by the seaside. Uh, they're doing a really good job at the moment, and she looks more than capable of not only winning a race, but a few races. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I think so. She does seem to have a good motor, and she's a big filly. You know, you're going to sit for 12 months, and she'll be a lot better than what she is now, too. What about Tide and Time in race number five? Can get on the Nicola wee bit, but has really good early speed, and if, if you could get him to settle... Um, he would win way more races than he has thus far. Yeah, you're right. No, his ability showed at two and three. You know, he 
he was fast. You know, he's a fast horse. I think he won his maiden at Addington at about a 154-mile rate. He just, he's his own worst enemy, you know, when he, he gets pulling and he can undo himself a bit. He's a horse you just got to go with him early. And, um, yeah, there's a bit of gate speed inside him too, but we'll just have to see where he ends up early. Short distance should help him. Yeah, like he's got the ability, yeah, to be honest, he's probably, he's going to have to improve a wee bit from what he has this time in, but he, um, no, he has got the ability there. And you've got a really nice horse who won on debut, the son of Father Patrick Monsignor, who's gone two excellent races up in grade. It's never easy, Katie, when you jump straight into the race winner's grade, but he deserved to do that because he was so good on debut. What have you made of those two subsequent runs, and what are you hoping for today? Yeah, I thought they were both pretty good runs. You know, he was actually a wee bit unlucky at Addington. His last one, he just got back. It was the way it sort of worked out. It was either he was going to have to excuse us, sit park for a, a lap or sort of sit back and have one crack at them. And he, he did run home the fastest sectionals at Addington, but just couldn't quite get into it for that fifth. Um, I think if he can go away, that will be the key from one, you know, if he can go away quick enough and um, or safely, he'll be very competitive in that field. He does seem well. It seems to have come on from his other runs. All right, Katie, what's the best of your team today? Because they all look like chances. Oh, yeah, it's... To be fair, probably the trotter in the sixth race. Um, if, if he can go away well, I think he's probably, yeah, no, he'd be, be pretty competitive on how he's working in that. Probably just that one draw is the only way, but there that he'll need to be relaxed enough, you know, and step off on the right foot. But he's, All right. Yeah, Monty, yep. he's probably the best, best show of them. Just before we let you go, your star two-year-old, It's Tough, which won, of course, the welcome stakes. Where's he at? Age. Been back and jogging for about a month. He's just going to start bowling around with the hobbles on now. But yeah, no, his his target will be at the end of the year that Aces race. You know, all going well. But he seems to have come back a bit stronger and a bit better. So, fingers crossed. All right, we look forward to seeing him. And I'll be picking his time up the hill uh, in the ordeal next week. Is that the plan there? Yes. Yeah, I think that's their plan. I'm pretty sure she went to the trials yesterday. I think they were happy with her. So. Beautiful. All right, Katie, really appreciate your time. I know it's a busy day for you, and good luck at Ashburton today. Thanks very much, Greg. All right, that's Katie Cox from uh, her team to a man who's got a busy day driving, one John Dunn. Morning to you, Johnny. Morning, Greg. Thanks so much for your time, uh, mate. Pretty busy day in the sulky for you, so we'll get straight into it. Who's dreaming now in the first for... Uh, the team there of Trent Yesberg, pretty good debut and looks a decent sort of chance in the first. Yeah, very good debut, like hit the line well from a long way back and uh, so managed the four early on in the race and definitely uh, have to be a nice each way chance on its first run up. Hoppy in race number two, nice two-year-old field this. Cousin Tom uh, has got his team racing well at the moment and this one's trialled nicely. He has and he's... Uh, Easy to say, but that been at the trials, but his manners have been good. He's trod the whole way around uh, every time he's been there. And um, even last time, when Ben Hopes all sort of come up the inside of him late in the piece, he sort of saw him and kicked on a wee bit again. So, uh, like you say, it's a nice, nice, even, handy field. But uh, if, if he trots the whole way, it'd definitely um, be a chance. Always be you in race number three, a two-year-old filly who showed enough in that first campaign. What have you made of the build-up towards resuming today? Yeah, went really good last time in. Like I say, that one third only race, but uh, two trials this time in. Uh, first one was good. Second one sort of got a wee bit back and 
actually broke a bit of gear uh, down the back straight, so it didn't help her. She's still working out. She's still got to work out her gait um, at this stage, but definitely it's a not, not a big field, uh, and she's worked on well since that trial. So, yeah, I, I think she's got to be a good chance in that field. Couple in the market for Trent Yearsburg, the next two, Gate Crasher and uh, the other one, Northview Peg. Which one of those two would you favour? Uh, probably Gate Crasher. He trolled up really well and I drew, drew bad marble uh, last week at Addington and went back and the way the race was run, uh, just couldn't get into it but hit the line very well. So uh, hopefully he can get on the speed a bit, bit more today and uh, the way he felt the other night, he'd have to be a good chance. Suze Das, another one for Tom Baggery in race number six. Looks very competitive. She's got a bit of talent. Yeah, she has. She was excellent take-out last start. I was just sort of I was on the speed. I was parked the trip, and they sort of went very hard early. So as long as that hasn't knocked her, the, the two starts, three starts prior to that, she was very good. So uh, hopefully the sort of horse will be hanging out for the right run, though. And uh, if I can do that, the way she sort of has been trotting, um, yeah, nice top four, nice top four chance. All right, the four-year-old Spells of Love is back from a spell. Bit of an enigma for punters. There's clearly a motor there, and this one has trialled. What are you hoping for today? Uh, he'll definitely need the run. He's off 20 metres, but uh, yeah, he hasn't got the best of gait, but he's got a bit of ability there. So but it's going to be hard. It's sort of going to be big enough field and an off a mark. So uh, trot around, hopefully just trot around one piece and hit the line and go on from today. Sports Babe's got a better draw in race nine, and you drive for Regan Todd in race ten, Bailey's Pitch. Uh, Regan's team going really well. Uh, tell me about those two. Uh, Sports Babe missed away last time out, but saying that there is a couple with fair uh, ability off marks here, so I'm going to have to put a best foot forward at the start and look for look for the easy option throughout the running to figure. And uh, Regan's one, he actually hit the line very well without much luck. Without much luck last time out. Small field now, unfortunately, with a few scratchings and um, be hanging out the right run is definitely the way we went last time. A nice each way chance. Johnny, big book of drives for you. Dollar sixty-five favourite for the drivers challenge. If you had to select one for our SENZ listeners, what's the best of them? Uh, I'll go Gate Crasher. All right, Gate Crasher in race number four, who's about a $4 chance, so nice uh, win price there. Always appreciate your time, Johnny. Thanks so much for that, and we'll uh, talk again soon. Thanks, mate, Greg. All right, that's John Dunn, who's on track and is the favourite for the Drivers' Challenge. What's he got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine drives. That's why he's favourite, and many of them are right in the market as well. Time for us to take a short break here on Trot's Talk, so the best for Katie Cox is race six, number one, Monsignor, and race four for John Dunn, gate crasher from a handy barrier, uh, should push forward, make it really hard to be trained by Trent Yesberg. So that's race four, number seven, out of Ashburton, and it is currently, it's actually into $3.80, so the punt is coming for that one. Short break. On the other side, we'll talk to Blair Orange about his experience at the World Drivers' Championship and what he likes of his drives at Ashburton today. Welcome back into Trot's Talk. Yes, brought to you by HRNZ. Text coming through from Henry. Watched the Eureka last night. Amazing that the Aussies are saying leap to fame is the best standard bred horse in the world. 
I find this amazing, as earlier in the year they said the same about Captain Ravishing, and of course they finished second and third in behind in Cypher last night. We heard from Luke McCarthy earlier in the show about the $2.1 million Eureka, the richest race in the world. What does he go on to say? Thank goodness Michael Guerin was on course to give some sobering comments. Yeah, I have to uh, concur there, and you'll hear more from Michael on Tuesday when the first box seat returns. Go to uh, TAB Trackside on Wednesday morning. It will be on there, be on YouTube on Tuesday night. We also start another series of one-on-one. First of those is on Monday night with Nikki Chilcott, who's trained and driven over 500 winners, the only female to have achieved that. A man back from the world stage is Blair Orange. He joins us uh, on Trotstalk. Morning to you, Blair. Good morning, Greg. Hey, buddy. Good, thank you. Straight back in the country, straight back in the winner's circle, grabbing win number 100 for your good mate Kyle Austin with Live On Legend on Friday night. I suppose it's just business as usual. Yeah, for sure, mate. Uh, come back and you know earn a bit to pay the mortgage off. So, uh, yeah, it's good to you know get that monkey off your back from 99 to 100 for the season. And you know what it's like sometimes you can sit on that mark for a while. So, good to get that ticked off early, mate, and uh, yeah, press on. All right, let's talk about this World Drivers' Championship and the experience of representing your country, driving against some of the best drivers in the world on tracks and horses that you hadn't seen either of, and most of the time you didn't have an interpreter. That would have been a challenge. Oh, very much so, Greg. Um, the first racetrack did it very, very well, and we, um, I had a lady called Astrid who was my interpreter, and you know, she was worth the weight in gold for what she done for me on that day with the, obviously with the barrier language. And yeah, I found that day really, really comfortable and, and easy to deal with. But from there on in, the last three days, we're on our own. So things got a little complicated trying to understand what they wanted or what they, the horse could and couldn't do. So in the end, you just sort of <laughs> put your hands in the air and had no idea what they wanted. So you just went by feel. Yep, well, you've uh, certainly driven uh, many, two, over 2,500 winners, so you, you know your way to the winner's post, and you got one win out of the 20 drives, so you replicated what your old boss Mark Purden did in the Canadian series four or five years ago. So I, I suppose it was satisfying from that point of view. You finished eighth of 10 overall, but the whole experience would have been something pretty special. You had your mum and dad there, a couple of your good mates as well. So, um, yeah, getting to that part of the world, you probably wouldn't have gone there otherwise on picking. Nah, for sure, Greg. And as I say, the experience was really good. And, you know, driving some of, against some of the, the best in the world was a great experience. And, you know, just to sum up their quality of trotters compared to ours, which was um, interesting. And, yeah, it's, uh, it was really a good good trip. And, you know, we had a great time for a couple of weeks after the series with A. Stewart and good mate Brent Wall, a.k.a. Booze Up. So, uh, yeah, seen a lot of history over there and really enjoyed the time away and, you know, just to re- recharge the batteries. And you got a chance to catch up with the 10-time Premiership winner, Dexter Dunn, on your way home. Um, yeah, that would have been pretty cool. And you were telling me you travelled to a race meeting in the private jet, a lifestyle of the rich and famous, by the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, they don't live in houses over there, mate. Dex lives in a mansion and he drives a bloody <laughs> Rolls-Royce-type car. So, yeah, obviously that's very good money over there and the boys do really well and, you know, Dex is still kicking goals. So, uh, yeah, it's great to catch up with him and, see their lifestyle and, and how they go about their daily jobs so uh yeah we're uh miles behind there just beating state highway one while they are getting in private jets mate 
Yep, well, you've headed south down there today, and uh, just the four drives there, so let's just whip through them for our Trots Talk listeners. Uh, My Star Blue Jean in race number four showed enough last time and has trialled nicely, so some sort of chance? Yeah, probably of my, my wee few drives, Greg, he's probably the, the best one of the four, so he's uh, drawn well wide, but has been trialling good, and I uh, trained him on Friday morning, and he, he did train very well, so uh, yeah, he looks the pick of my drives for the day. All right, race number eight, Idle Stewartia uh, for the stable that you've had good success for with uh, Roger Austin. Uh, she's in a fresh condition, and it's somewhat fresh condition, even though she's fourth up this time in. Would she need the run, or is she capable enough in this sort of field? Uh, in this sort of field, she is capable, Greg. She uh, she seems to be better driven quietly, so she's off 20 metres, so that'll, that'll happen anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a field she should be competitive so uh you'd like to think she's a top four chance if things go her way all right she's a seven dollar chance thirteen dollars about archie for a great man murray pash he's a, a huge uh, contributor to the to the harness racing game throughout his entire life so you'd like to drive another winner for him i'm sure yeah for sure pash he's a great guy and i actually caught up with his son Dwayne while i was over in america so that was good too but uh yeah he's probably up against it a little bit from i think mean, he's number 16 out of 16 and yeah he's going to have a lot of traffic trouble so uh he'll, he'll need a bit of luck on the side Greg. yep that is archie of course and in the last uh you drive the grand campaigner which is uh, santana mac um he's won a lot of races uh, as we know but uh he's Getting on a little bit age-wise, he's a nine-year-old, so in the old he'd be ten now. But a couple of scratchings mean you've only got five rivals, so um, he should be competitive. Yeah, look, Greg, I actually thought about this one on the way down, and um, I think I might cut the ribbons with him early. And you know, it's only seventeen hundred metres, and a couple of times I've won on him. He's, he's rolled along quite quick in front, so uh, I might try those tactics again today. And. Uh, if he gets beat, he gets beat. But I, I think he could be a wee smoky if um, if he is able to cross the lead and, and just carry on a good tempo the whole way. Yep, plenty of short racing there over the 1,700. It's a cracking track uh, from that start point uh, too. So he's an $8 chance if you want to take him on the each way. But your best player comes up in race four, number nine, My Star Blue Jean, currently a $4.2170 chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Greg. He, uh, his couple of trials have been, been good, even though I haven't been there um, I watched them and, and they have been nice and as I say the way he trained on Friday um, he does look my, my better chance for the day Blair did you take in the Eureka last night the 2.1 million dollar race won by the Mayor in Cypher beating uh, Leap to Fame we spoke to Luke McCarthy um, certainly had a lot of hype around it that race yeah well actually you know Greg it's a bit past my bedtime those races so I <laughs> recorded them and <laughs> watched them this morning while I had breakfast and yeah it's great to see you know the only Mayor in the race she was um Beautifully handled by Luke, as you'd expect, and you know what a combination Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin, and uh, Luke McCarthy on the bike um, doesn't come much better than that. So, yeah, really, really enjoyed the race, and I thought the second horse was very good too. So, you know, making that early move to sit parked on a, on a very good tempo, and uh, yeah, once again, um, Luke's uh, lucky Luke they call him, don't they? So. Good on. <laughs> Yep, they certainly do. Uh, I can tell you that Lensmith Mile winner, Rock and Roll Do, who you've seen before here at the Cup Carnival, he was excellent winning the Lensmith Mile. And on his radar, Blair, 
is our own slot race too, the race by Grins, which you won with Copy that in April. So uh, they're hoping to come over and have a crack at that one. So I was, I was pleased for Michael Stanley because often when you uh, have a horse come with the hype that he did leading into the cup and he disappoints, it's, it's hard to come back from that. But he's clearly back after Sitting Park last night. Yeah, and he, I think the key thing last night for him, Greg, he looked to relax really well sitting parked. And, you know, I know that last campaign when Anthony was driving Anthony Butt a couple of times, he, he got quite fierce and sort of pulled himself into the ground and, you know, ruined, ruined his chances himself. So, you know, it was good to see him sit parked to relax and, and sit outside Spurner St. Louis, who, uh, you know, put up a fight. But, you know, full credit to Mick Stanley and the team. Um, great to see him back. Yeah, and he's nominated for the Cup 2 is Spirit of St. Louis. Another Group 1 placing. I'll have to count them up, Leah. I reckon he's finished second in about eight, might even be nine Group 1s, which is absolutely staggering. He deserves to get one, and last night he, he gave it every every uh, hope in front, but uh, unfortunately rock and roll do for the connections of Spirit of St. Louis, that is, uh, wasn't able to hold on. Hey, appreciate your time, Blair. Uh, nice to have you back in the country. Good luck today, and we'll talk again soon here on Trots Talk. No, thanks, Greg. Appreciate that, mate. All right, that's Blair Orange, who's heading for his sixth premiership uh, and uh, looks well on target to do that, grabbing win number 100 on Friday night with Live On Legend. You're with Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. Go to hrnz.co.nz. We race at Ashburton today. 10 past 12 is the first on the programme there. On the other side, though, we'll go back to Addington from Friday night and catch up with a man who has a new horse in his barn, Stephen Boyd. Three wide into it, McAndrew Aviator. Beach Bull travels well in the trail, desperately awaiting the lane. Then Sweet Bell and Heisenberg, 28 2, third quarter. Don Morrow shaking up. Beach Bull to the far side. McAndrew Aviator running a race. He hit the front. Heisenberg giving chase. Beach Bull the far side. McAndrew Aviator leads. Beach Bull and Heisenberg. McAndrew Aviator just in front. And McAndrew Aviator won it. McAndrew Aviator won it ahead on Beach Bull. Third and maybe Labour from Heisenberg. And he was one of the first nominations to come in for the IRT New Zealand Cup and he has arrived in Canterbury these days trained by uh, Stephen Boyd who joins us on Trot's Talk. A very good morning to you Stephen. Good morning Greg. Thanks so much for your time. Expectations on Friday night this horse uh, having its first run out of your barn. Did you think he could do that? Well to be honest with you I wasn't really sure. We've only had a couple of trials with him but Always felt really good at home. Um, I thought fitness could have been a bit of an issue first run for a long time, but um, he always felt like he got ability. But no, I actually didn't think he could do that much work and still win, and sort of win quite comfortably too. Johnny thought, just done a couple of things wrong down the straight, but nothing we can't fix. So yeah, it was a great run. Yeah, look, he, he burnt out early. Uh, he popped out with a half to go and, and was quite happy to sit there outside Don Morrow. Beach ball was in the trail, and you're right, about 100 metres off the post, he was still doing things wrong, throwing his head in the air, so there'd have to be some improvement there. Yeah, I think so, and especially being his first run for a while and just getting to know what he's like. But he, uh, he actually was very fit. He hardly blew when he came in, which I thought he had a blow. But um, no, he's a bit more forward than what I thought he would be, actually. All right, Kirsten Green had done such a great job with him. He's $101 into $67 for the IRT New Zealand Cup. So how did you come to get this horse? And now, I suppose, I know that wasn't a cup field, but there were certainly horses that are looking to work towards the second Tuesday in November. So 
Do you go again this week in the Avon City Ford, or what do you do with him next? Yeah, we actually got him originally because he had a bit of a leg injury, so for the water walker, and then the syndicate decided, A, he's down a water walker when he's here, obviously, all the time, but also travelling. All his races are going to be up here, so it was just going to be too hard on travelling. Kirsten's done an absolute terrific job with him. I'm just really finishing him off. But, um, yeah, we are going to go next week in the Brighton Cup and then the week after to the Hannon. So hopefully we can match with the big boys there and see where we're at, I suppose. Well, it doesn't appear on his performance on Friday night that he's going to be out of uh, either of those races. And I suppose if you were lucky enough to win this week and or get run in the top three at Awamaru in the Hannon, it, it would mean that you can plot a pathway rather and dictate the way he builds towards that race rather than have it dictated to you. That's exactly what the plan was. Um, he was a bit crooked last week. He was actually going to start in the Morris Homes, but that was the same reason, just trying to get automatic entry into the cup so it makes it a bit easier, not cram near the end of it, just scrambling for races. So, yeah, the whole plan is for these couple of races to hopefully run the top three or the Brighton Cup or something like that. It just makes it easier trying to get into the cup. Yep, it absolutely does. Now, your wife Ange was telling me there was a young man who wasn't on track on Friday night who would have been absolutely gutted. Has he got over things yet? Yeah, well, when I got home, Sam was waiting at the stable for me, lights on, taking him off the float. Yeah, he had to toss up between a birthday party and the races. So I can assure you he'll be at the races this Friday for sure. Yeah, I <laughs> thought that might be the yeah. case. And uh, Andrew was saying he's such a beautiful horse to do anything with. So, um, yeah, the young fella certainly uh, enjoying that experience, which may well hook him into the game, much like you, Boydy. Yes, well, he's um, yeah, the kindest horse you ever met. Like, puts his head down. Pat, yeah, very lovely natured horse, yeah. Yeah, well, congratulations on uh, Friday night. All the very best this Friday, too. Um, looks like you've got this horse in awesome order and uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do against the Big Bangers this week. Mate, thank you very much, Greg, for that. All right, that's Stephen Boyd, uh, who trained McAndrew Aviator to win the Meyer Foundation Mobile Pace at Addington on Friday night. Doesn't have a big team, obviously inherited this horse, and he was quick to uh, let us know that Kirsten Green had done an amazing job with him, and he grabbed another win there on uh, Friday night as he marches towards, I think it was about win number nine for him in his career, um, as he marches towards potentially a start in the IRT New Zealand Cup, where he is a $67 chance. That completes Trot's Talk for this Sunday, but thank you to our guest, Luke McCarthy, who, of course, reigned home the inaugural winner of uh, the big race last night, the $2.1 million Eureka out of Menangle in Sydney. Uh, to Richard Bromley, who set the scene there for Ashburton today, 10 past 12, the first of uh, the 10 race program down there. Couple with big chances, uh, Katie Cox and John Dunn joined us in the Southern Person segment uh, this week. And of course, we talked to the country's leading rainsman in Blair Orange, who's back from the World Drivers Championship, Drivers 100th winner. I think it's about the 10th time he's done that. Uh, in a row at Addington with Live On Legend on uh, Friday night. He's got the four drives tonight. Of our guests who are driving there today, Katie Cox suggested Monsignor race six. Number one was uh, her best chance. John Dunn 
He thought Gatecrasher race four, number seven, and Blair Orange in the same race really liked my star blue gene. All right, that's been uh, Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. Big thank you to producer dude Robbie. We'll talk to you again in seven days' time. Enjoy Father's Day to my own father, Brian. Happy Father's Day. Hope uh, everyone out there enjoys their day. Maybe back's a winner. Go to tab.co.nz for all of those odds. And my tip for the day is race two, number seven, Cracker Looker. I hope it produces what the Williamsons hope she can today.